Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Greens for supporting Made for This. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash made for this. Well, today I am getting to introduce you to someone that I am a super fan of. She has the most beautiful store And I pass it in Dallas and just want to weep at what she creates. So she actually has, her designs go out into the entire world. She has stores in, I believe, New York and and different places in the world. But but the one in Dallas, she will put her dresses up in the window and you've never seen anything so beautiful. This is an episode that you are going to have to go and Google this person, because you have to see what we're talking about to understand how unique and incredible her work is. Her name is Nardos Imam, and she is a Dallas local. So we are neighbors and friends, and I'm excited to hear your story today. Nardos, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited. Like I say, I'm not good at this, but I'll try. Like friends talking. (laughs) She says she's a behind the scenes person, but I've never seen dresses, anything in the realm of what you do. It is so tasteful and yet unique. And so I want you to just tell us a little bit about your story and your background. Tell me about just growing up and when did you know that you had this gift? Well, I, I grew up in Eritrea, northern east of Africa. And I mean, it's like for me right now, because I've been here most of my life since 97, it's kind of like a blur, like that that 18 years that I I was there, it was like a blur because it's like I've been here more than 25 years now. But um, but every foundation you have is what make you who you are today. So for me was growing up, there is no fashion school, there is no art school, there is no kind of like it's that that is you're not exposed to it at all. So for me was um I wouldn't I would like to you if I say I know I'm gonna be a fashion designer. I didn't know what I would be. And then I knew the Lord when I was 16, 17. And then um in every way of aspect of my life, he was there for me. So when I moved to US, I knew that I have to do a better you move for a better life. So when I moved here, I was thinking I'm going to go to a science field because that's how I grew up. My parents are like, if you work hard, you will achieve. If you don't work hard, you're not going to receive anything. So kind of like we had a good foundation. So um, so when I came here, the only goal I have was to be in Christ. Like I, I really, because I didn't have parents here. So I wanted really to be grounded on that. And I stayed with him. So grace to him. Like it, it just, that's, that's the most important for me because I could slide somewhere else. Like I could have been, I could have been anyone. So bottom line is for me was um, I stayed in peace with him and facts that knowing what I want to be 
I was trying to go to science school, like something nurse or something to pay the bill. That's what it is for me. And then uh, when somehow, some way I got across, my mom grew up like making art dresses, but not professionally. And so I just, when I thought about, I'm going to try this, it's just like, I got like kind of like newborn, kind of like I got so excited and I was not good in education, like school, like science in every way. And then it just, something kind of came out of me when it, it's your call it just, you become so drive to it. So it was, it was that moment going to school and cannot wait to go to school. I can't wait to get on the class, to sit in the first row, to learn and to just know about fashion designing. And I went very small school because I didn't know I would make a career out of it. So that's how it started. You certainly have made a career out of it. Let's talk a little bit so people understand the gravity of what you do. I mean, it is probably one of the most premier, beautiful stores in Dallas. Just uh, that's my perspective. But you're in other cities. Talk a little bit about the scope and how what it's become. So when when I start, it was it was kind of like you finish school and you didn't know what to do after graduate school because there is no fashion in, in Dallas. So this, to be a designer. And I didn't I didn't have plan to move to New York or in perspective of like opportunity. I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't have the finance to do it. So when I went to work for my first job was Stanley Korshak and I applied for in-house designer, but that opportunity was not there. So I was their seamstress. So I was doing alteration, but still my dream was not like, you know, like how Joseph was still has that dream and then he would never lose it. So I still dream. I still make my dresses. People ask me, what am I wearing? And then I was telling them I made it. So can you make me that small dress? So it start from that. And then they gave me a little capsule to make a little collection for Korshak, but not believing, kind of like, oh, that the seamstress behind the door, kind of like, uh, it's just God, when he calls to you, you're going to glide. When he glide, you're going to slide out. So that was but for I mean- me. Just so everybody understands, Stanley Korshak doesn't do that. Stanley Korshak is equivalent to Neiman's in the world. If you don't know what Stanley Korshak is, it is the highest end store in Dallas. So they saw a lot of potential in you. So those little dresses you were whipping up must have been pretty special. What year What year was that? 2009 was um, my breakthrough. It was like one dress after another dress goes to a party and people want to know where that dress from. And that brings maybe another 10 people, like, you know, people asking, like, where's that dress from? So it was word of mouth. It means that one client walks out of the door and then she'd been asked by so many people, like, who dress you? And then that phone call and Korshak keep coming up. And then they were like, okay, let's do small thing like for her. So she doesn't, you know, leave. And then that was the capsule of my little dresses that I did few in Fort Worth and in Dallas area. And then from there, it was, it was a door open. Like when God opened the door, nobody could shut down. So it was, it was one thing after another thing, one thing after another thing. So it become, now it become a huge business. Yes. So you made it to New York. Yes. <laughs> Even though I made you still it to Madison. To be in New York, to be, and that was a call for me. Like I was, they told me like, there is a greatest amount of where you're going to be like five miles. And I was like, if I, I can't be in Madison, if I open to them and then I'm, you know, that contract is going to restrict me from, you know, opening the store. So I just went and phase. This was successful. People are traveling from all over to say as New York, like, like far, even like New Jersey, they were coming to Dallas. So it was for me was like, okay, we have enough client to open a New York store that can sustain we didn't advertise we didn't do like a huge like we're coming the client that we built in that's what it brought us to well the client 
I'll say this, the client and the window. When you drive by that store, there's nothing like it you've ever, you've never seen anything like it. And so, yeah. And just so you know, guys, I mean, we are talking, imagine the price point you'd have to be at to have a store of dresses on Madison Avenue. That is that I just want to warn you all, cause I don't want you to think, oh, I can't wait to go to her store and buy something off the rack. It's not like that. It is all couture. It is all custom. It is fine. I have never owned anything from you. <laughs> I would love to, but, but it was, yeah, it, was, it has not happened yet, but I want, I, 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 I felt this way about you when I saw your dresses from the first time. I did not know that you loved God. I did not know you had a relationship with Jesus. But when I saw your work, I was moved almost to tears because of the way that you build a dress for a person. Everything is custom. It is it is for that person. I want to talk about your process because I walked in to look for a mother of the bride dress. And I knew I was out of my league, by the way. But I just, it was an excuse to walk in. And so I walk in. And they start telling me that you build dresses for the individual. And of course, it was a month before. I, I, am, I am not your ideal client, okay? I don't, I don't have the money and I don't, I don't ever plan ahead. But they said that you really will meet the person and build a dress for them. Talk about, design a dress for them. Talk about that process. When you sit down with the bride for the first time or you sit down with a mother of the bride, what are you looking for? What are you what are you asking them? What is your brain doing as you are creating something unique for them? Uh, first, I like to know the story behind the bride. Kind of, um, it's it's like a storybook. So when you try to do something, you're covering her with, you know, with a beautiful gown. Still, I want to get her personality perspective on it. So I usually ask, where's the wedding? And how do you... Uh, what, how did you get engaged? Even engagement leads you what she's looking for. And I would ask her, where's the venue? How do you see yourself that day? How do you see walking down the aisle when you see you first time or your dad when he opened the door when he see you? So this connection emotionally, like dress is an emotional buying. It means that when you buy a dress, you have to love it. And I would say after we pick the, you know, what who you engage to, the first, the second thing, the biggest cut in your idea mind is a gun, how I'm going to feel. So women's now, they're, they're fit, they're beautiful. Uh, 60, they look 40, kind of like, uh, I'm not in that category, I work a lot. So, but they're, they're beautiful. The women's that I dress is beautiful inside out. They're so side women and they grow up in doing debutons. So they have this passion of like, who they want to become when they walk down the aisle. So for me, it's like, um, kind of a dream like I'm dreaming every single bride so when when I see one person after another person it kind of give us a perspective of the collection what it's going to look for the next season because they're they're obsessed in looking gowns but at the same time they're trying to put their personal touch they don't want to buy out of a rack like you know one dress another person wore it they just want to look unique but they want to be classy and my brides are usually elegant and classy tasteful and a lot of them they know god they just it's kind of like it's amazing how much uh, people relate with that and uh but it's like it just they want it to be perfect for that day so i'm just there to expedite for them to have their dream gown so it's kind of a dream i do it every day do you ever get nervous when you've created something for someone and show it to them for the first time and I don't have, I know that dress is going to look pretty. I just like, just, I just know. I just, just that you can see that that clear, like, it's like in front of my side. I smell, I breathe them. So it's kind of like you touch them. It's not like I'm shipping somewhere and coming back and I'm not going to touch it. The only, um, I always say I'm nervous about my kids' school that I can nervous about 
make a dress for anyone. <laughs> I don't get nervous. I just get when I get there in their hello and goodbye. Yes. Let's talk about when there were, you know, a few years that you were a seamstress and you knew you could do more. Was that hard to show up at work every day? Did you feel ever discouraged or like, am I ever going to get a shot? You always question yourself because it's like that makes you human. You always say, um, am I going to do great this month? Even today, like we were like a huge company, but still how, how are we doing? How do we, are we on the edge of like creating beautiful gowns every day? Kind of like even collection, when you develop collection, you question yourself. If you don't question yourself, you will never, you're always going to think that you touch the ceiling. There is nothing there. So I, I never felt like I create the best dress yet. Like it just, for me, it's like, I'm still kind of like evolving and I always think that I haven't created the best gown yet. So <laughs> it's always like competing against yourself, kind of like you, you just don't, you don't have like a limit. So it's kind of your mind goes that fast. But when I was doing seamstress, yes, you always um, kind of, you don't have connection. You're nobody kind of like, you know, you don't have people that they know your story, your background. And not only that, um, you're just a young girl, like, uh, came for a beautiful dream and that dream is like in your heart but it's just you, you're not even confident enough to confess it saying that I'm a designer after you work as a seamstress even to tell a person that you're pinning no I went to fashion school and I was young too when I start pinning the dress they were thinking that oh she's too young to pin my wedding gown because a lot of uh, seamstress are much older and so even to alter their dress was like questionable because I was in my mm. 20 and so when you get doubt on that one, even for sure. And then when they put after the alteration, oh my gosh, my dress fits better than it was. Then, you know, like they're happy and satisfied. And then that kind of gives you insurance, but that takes time for you to build like trust in people and mm. to feel like wanted and to feel like people, you know, want to see you next feeding. So that was the only thing I was trying to achieve every day. I was not even thinking as a designer for, for mm. a while. So, because it just gives you, when it, when you call for something, when you're not thinking from God's perspective, you you're just you're just not gonna fly like eagle. You're gonna be like staying with what you have. So I was I was doing that. So for a little while, it was three years. So after a little while, I just start like is after I had my first daughter, I was like, is that is that all I want for myself? I start questioning myself, and then um, I start dreaming for her. I start saying that I want her to have to go to good school. I want to have a better life for my kids. So, and then I start making nighttime shift in my house to make few little dresses. So I work take mm. time. When I get home, I kind of take care of her, and then I put her to bed, and I go upstairs and start making small dresses just to to show off in my wearing them for the day. So that's that's how it starts. So it just kind of God puts you in some place. And I'm so glad I was there for three years because I would not be perfected my hands if I was not sitting at the alteration place and see inside our dresses, how to make and how to wow. fit a person. So God kind of gives you that path to whatever season you are, is perfecting you for the next season. I mean, that will preach, girl. <laughs> By the way, you are very good at this. <laughs> that is so powerful that you can look at a season. I mean, you are a designer. You are on Madison Avenue. Your name is in lights on Madison Avenue. And you would say the the season of being a seamstress 
helped create this world. And I think we we all relate to that feeling you feel of just, am I invisible? What is what is God doing in the season? We want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. And they are offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash made for this. AG1 makes me feel like I'm ready to take on the day and like I'm doing something good for my body right from the start. I was talking to my husband James the other day because I have been taking AG1 consistently every single day for probably well over six months now. It has pretty drastically improved my digestion. I sleep better. AG1 replaces most of my other supplements like my daily multivitamin, minerals, prebiotic, probiotic, and greens all in one scoop of powder. It saves so much time in the morning and makes my life easier. Every single scoop of AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash made for this. That's athleticgreens.com slash made for this. Check it out. I want to talk about something I think a lot of other people listening feel as well. They have dismissed their gifts because they don't feel spiritual. You're in a very secular field doing, I mean, something that that maybe somebody could even say is vain, right? Like you're you're dressing really wealthy women, and yet that doesn't, you feel called by God to do this. Talk a little bit about that, because I think a lot of people write off and dismiss their gifts because they don't think of them as super spiritual. Well, um, you fight with that. So even when you design, is it too sexy? Is it too revealing? It's like the the devil want to just tell you you're doing wrong. They just that's mm. his call for it. So you you have to listen to the inner man that is speaking. Who is speaking to me? But uh, yes, I dress wealthy women. It's people think that that is vanity. And why do they spend? They could give them money to this. But out of all creator, God is the creator. And he could create one color flower. He could create two colors, pink and rose. That's it. This is enough for him and to love. But he created unlimited of flowers, unlimited of beauty in a world. You can go from desert beauty to, I don't know, California. Like just like even within the California conflict itself, like how the weather can change. So, but God is the beauty of all creativity. So he is a creator. So when creator is so creative, to create a beautiful thing is like he's a dreamer. So I I feel like uh, if you can dream season, if you can dream the flowers, and we're just touching the little aspect of God, what He can create and what we can touch in a creating of what it can invent itself to to what God He think. So I don't I don't feel I feel like I'm called for it, and I feel like uh, confident because. My God is my creator and he is above all imagination that we can imagine. And so I never felt guilty on that part, but I just check my, the vanity of gown is how it looks. It kind of like, is it too sexy? Is it, is it inviting for other things or we inviting beauty? That, that is the one that I always fight. Talk about just even the relationships you've built, because I'm sure you are, friends and have connected with people from all over the world because of your designs. And I'm sure a lot of them 
don't know God, like, has that been a door for you? To me, what you're doing is you're bringing excellence into the world. And whether or not people hear that that you love God, that you are able to be in these intimate moments with them. Like, just talk about just the relationships that you've gotten to build. And Oh, it's, it's amazing. Kind of like they come from all over walk of life. Uh, it's, it's kind of like amazing, like what is kind of built of what woman world it is because we dress only women's. And for me, it's like, I have seen like, you know, people in their own moment, in their secure and secure moment because our body is different image and and we had different image for our body. So, and I deal with that because women's, we're, we're think not pretty enough in our own skin always. So, and then for me, it's like to kind of crush that vanity and to relate with them and to feel like you're beautiful within you or outside of you that you're built beautifully. And then from that, you build friendship, intimacy. And for me, it's like a lot of women are so inspiring because um, even though they look, you know, well in every way, but when you talk to them in a person, it's like they're the most vulnerable kind. And I have met people, and for me, there's no harm in the world. I, I think that way because I'm living in that bubble, but secure in a way of like women's, they just love their kids. They want to give them for a wedding or what it could be like dressing for a charity ball because they give in so much. So they want to be there, but they don't want to even show off some of them. They don't want to be posted. So it kind of, for me, it's like the beauty of a woman is beyond that outside. It's inside out. You see them and it's just, it's beautiful. And they bring so many perspective of life in a way. As a mom, it helped me a lot. And it just kind of, I have teenager now and how the dynamics of mom and daughter in a room, it's kind of, it's it just amazing how we can evolve and relate to them in a way as a woman. So for me, it's, I met so many beautiful people, like Christians, not believers, Jewish, kind of like has their own culture and tradition that they bring to the table and how we love our family. Kind of like, it's just, it's like we're getting to married or somebody is doing something good to dress to go somewhere. And for me, it's like people say like, oh, the, the marriage is not no longer. No, we, it's there. People love their kids. People love who they are and as a family and they come to dress and celebrate someone is like, so pretty. It just well, in a better way is like I live in the bubble. <laughs> and it comforted me as we were throwing our daughter's wedding this year that Jesus's first miracle was water to wine at a wedding. I think he he liked weddings as well and valued and understood that these were big moments. Okay, he's beautiful. He's a creator of all beauty. Yes. So he likes pretty things, a joy, and he's he's a pleasure god. He likes pleasure <laughs> in everything that he made. So for yeah. us to have a pleasure, he he's 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 happy for he's us. Happy. A lot of you needed to hear that that he likes a party. That he, I think we we think it's all about suffering, and and that was not how Jesus lived. He cared about great meals. He cared about spending time with friends and people he loved. It was yeah. I th- I think you're you are exactly right. Let's talk about. I mean, you're at a place where it's prob. I don't know. I would look in and go. It's hard to imagine dreaming of bigger and more. Do you still dream of bigger and more? <laughs> it's kind of hard to say that, but uh, it sounds like vanity. So when you say that right now, but no, I'm happy where I am. Honestly, I'm very happy. But do, did I dream? Yes, I, I dream. Uh, it's ongoing growing. So the ongoing growing is fun, but at the same time, it's a lot of work. So um, I love what I do. So I could, I could spend the night over here. 
if it was I didn't have family and children. So that that limits me like six o'clock. Get you have to get out of here. But it just I enjoy what I do. So it's, I don't feel like I'm coming to work. I'm here to play, almost like like designing. But uh, never you never achieve. I don't think so. I would go to heaven. I say like, oh, I touched everything. I did everything. I still have a lot of dreams for women. I have dreams for kids that I want to teach. So I haven't. I haven't. No, not even halfway. <laughs> I'm still dreaming. I want you to imagine God and what he thinks when he looks at that studio that I just saw where you build and design beautiful dresses. What do you think God thinks? What do you think he would say to you if he could be here and speak right now? I think he'll be proud. Like, I think like he's my dad. So I think he'll be proud. And and I'm always hard on myself. I want it to be perfected in every way. So um, designing that's what it does to you like because it's all about precisive measurement perspective so you become like perfected mind but he might tell me like you're fine you're good but um I always think that I think he'll be he'll be happy for me well I I think you just issued a lot of creatives listening a lot of freedom I hope that you're taking this in all of you that are creative I think of my friend Lindsay who often looks at what I do and thinks I need to do something more spiritual. And yet she is the most incredible artist in the world. And she's doing exactly what God wants her to do. And it puts her in so many people's lives that I'll never be in. And so it just, I think it's just a great group project we're in right now of, of doing what he's put us on earth to do and doing it to the best of our ability, doing it alongside of each other. So I'm just so grateful. I do think there's probably a lot of women out there listening right now that have dreams in their heart that they have they have pushed down or they feel like, I don't even know if this is from God or if I should do it. What would you say to them? I see a lot of young fashion designers coming out of school and um, fashion school is not an easy school to begin with. And then when you graduate, you don't feel good enough about yourself because you didn't, you didn't achieve anything because you feel like, okay, every season there is a new collection coming out. So one thing after you do the other one, it's like, it's not good enough anymore. So I just want them to think that you're good enough in who you are, how God created you. And it's like, if there is no door, door open for you to do designing what you call to do, you just keep pursuing it, keep doing what you dream, what you desire to do. And then God, when he, God is sovereign. So when he see you, you're consistent in what you want. And then God will reward you on that. So I always think that as a fashion designer, it's very hard to break through. And it's not, there is only few. And then it's very, like you said, it's it's kind of like circular world consumed by a lot of men that they dominate the, the, the women's fashion. So we need more women's designers and fashion designers and Christian values. And so for me, it's like, I always tell them, just keep dreaming and keep doing what you want to do. And then at some point, God is going to curve it to what where you should be and where you're going to land. So I always, creativity is the always question, am I doing it right? Is it correct? Is it my call? But um, yes, God called you to be who you are today. Hey, did you know that you can text Jenny and I, and we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can, but it is just like such a fun way for especially you guys, our podcast fam, to ask questions. We send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on. So we really consider our, what we call texties, 
our inner circle of the podcast. If you want to join, get out your phone. You're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made For This Podcast.